Hey everybody, this is Liliana Milleva and I'm excited to bring you Menopause Made Easy, a podcast designed to provide you tips and strategy to navigate the changes in woman's body, mind and spirit with more grace and ease. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe and turn on your notifications so you are updated of each episode release. All right, let's dive in. Welcome, welcome for today's show in Menopause Made Easy. I'm your host, Diliana Mileva. I'm a sleep expert and menopause coach. And I'm excited today to introduce my wonderful guest, Dr. Beverly Lawrence. She's a holistic practitioner. She's also a healer, energetic, a shamanic practitioner and medical hypnotherapist. I think it's something that it's very interesting for our audience to know how meditation actually can help with transition period of woman's life when she's going after 1450 in perimenopause or menopause. So I really want to discuss today topic with her. She's so much knowledgeable how actually meditation can help. But I would like to start to elaborate a little more about her. And I also invite her to introduce herself a little bit more in details. What that means, how you heal the chronic illness with your practice. Yeah, I'm an acupuncturist and energy healer and, like you said, shamanic practitioner. And I went through menopause a long time ago, so I can appreciate what women go through when they have to go through menopause. Of course, that's one of the big transition phases that women go through. And a little over 30 years ago, I went through a major transition in my life and got very, very sick. I was in the computer industry, a, a regular geek, and I started going into anaphylactic shock and was literally dying. And I ended up having five near-death experiences altogether. And I knew something had to change. And one of the doctors said, why don't you meditate? And I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. So I'll start meditating. And I did. And it literally saved my life. Through meditation, I really opened up my intuition. I understood what I needed to do, who I needed to talk to. And I started getting healthy. And the people who knew me said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm meditating and I'm doing shamanic healing and I'm doing hypnosis. And they said, well, can you help me? I said, okay. So I started helping friends and friends of friends and friends of friends of friends. And then strangers started to call me and they said, what do you charge? I said, I don't charge. I was just having people over to my house and they started giving me money. So I said, okay, I don't want strangers in my house. And if they're going to pay me, I'm going to open an office. So I literally opened a, a healing center that I did on the evenings and weekends and started a healing practice. And then I decided, you know, all of my training is purely metaphysical. So I moved from California to Arizona. I went to naturopathic medical school. Then I went to acupuncture school and became an acupuncturist and started helping people with health care. And I still do the other work, but I would do it more remotely. So they would be on the table during their treatment and I would go in my office and I would do the remote energy healing and stuff because not everyone's open to it. But in the meantime, I've been teaching meditation and metaphysics and how to use that. That's why my saying is as above, so below. That's based on the hermetic principle. So if you work on the spirit or soul level, you can heal your mind, you can heal your emotions, and you can heal your body. 
And it's not like menopause is a disease or (laughs) it's something wrong with you. It's normal. But sometimes we have things that affect us and we want to have a way to deal with those things. So things like hot flashes, the big one, mood swings, insomnia, and using meditation can actually help with those symptoms. I know that sounds illogical, but it can. No, I believe you. I believe you because I preach the same thing, that you need to dedicate some me time for relaxation, for silent moment. You need to meditate, do some breath work, practice some mindfulness. You just need to recharge in a way that they can manage also the, the stress level and the cortisol level and also the other hormones. But tell me how actually meditation changed your life. The first thing was I was addicted to diet soda. I won't name the brand, but it had a lot of caffeine in it. And every time I tried to kick the habit, I got so sick, severe headaches and everything. And I drank so much of this soda that I bought a soda maker for my house because I couldn't deal with the cans. That's how addicted I was. And the first thing that happened when I started meditating was I noticed I hadn't had a soda in over two weeks. So I went and I made myself a soda and I took a sip. And the first thing I did was spit it out in the sink. And I haven't drunk soda since. It completely cured my addiction to soda. And I didn't even know. I didn't get a headache. I had no side symptoms, nothing. The other thing that happened was I would be drawn to certain things. That's why I went into my first mystery school was energy healing and meditation. So I I went to a school that taught us different kinds and styles of meditation and energy work to work on ourselves, different aspects of ourselves. And through that, I was then guided to study shamanism and get certified as a medical hypnotherapist. And through that, you learn self-hypnosis first, right? How to work on yourself, and then you start working on others. And all of that just kept leading me through one step after another. And it was because in meditation, I always say prayers when you talk to God, meditation is when you listen to God. And I started getting messages, and I was hearing, sometimes I would see someone in a meditation or a dream, and later I would meet them. And it's like, that's when I realized we make these soul contracts with other people ahead of time. And it just started really opening up my life and changing it. And I had read that when you meditate enough, you get complete control over your body. And I thought, okay. So I went to the doctor for a regular checkup and I thought, I'm going to lower my blood pressure. <laughs> so I lowered my blood pressure just by intention. The nurse comes in, she takes it, she says, Oh, the cuff is broken. I'll be back. She goes away. She comes back. She says, oh, the cuff is broken. And I went, okay, Beverly, is your blood pressure a little? So I raised it up. I said, go to normal. She comes in. She says, oh, finally, it works. I realized you shouldn't do that when you're going in for a medical treatment. But that's when I found out I really can control my blood pressure, my heart rate. And then I test it. I have my own tools now and I can test it. So you do have complete control over your body, especially when you combine meditation with breath work. So that's how you can control when you're having an issue, say, with insomnia. You can just use self-hypnosis, say. But let's say you're having mood swings. You could just stop, 
center, ground, go into a meditative state, go back into a balanced state, and just eliminate the mood swing altogether. It's completely under your control. For hot flashes, I'm an acupuncturist, and in Chinese medicine, there's no such thing as hot flashes. There's no such thing as perimenopause. We go by the symptoms, and it's called false heat. So you have yin and yang, and they're in balance, and then you have a normal temperature. But as you age, the yin goes down, and yin is cold, yang is warm. So you have a gap, so you feel hot. That's why they call it false heat. Because if you took your temperature, you don't have a temperature. But you feel like you're hot to the point where you're literally sweating. So what you have to do is with your mind, you have to balance out the body. And of course, there's an energy that I like to use called blue goop that I learned in the Rosalind Briere program. And that's where you just imagine yourself in a bucket of ice water and you're cold. It's really good if you burn yourself. You just put your finger, if you burn your finger, it's your imaginary bucket of ice. <laughs> put your finger in and then immediately heals the burn. So you could do that with your whole body. Imagine yourself in a bucket of ice and cool yourself off and then balance out all with your mind through intention. And you learn to be able to focus by meditating and meditating every day on a regular basis. I think consistency is the key and the habit, create this habit. What I teach is create this habit in evening and morning just to set up the mind that you need to rest. So that's important. Yeah. And the visualization obviously can help a lot with the cold washes. It is other techniques, of course, but that's the main thing that they can start to meditate and visualize yourself in the eyes. And that can help for sure. So do you want to elaborate a little bit more about in the young element and how that's related to the transition? When we're born, we're going like this in terms of our yin-yang development. So we're born with so much energy, and then it keeps growing and growing as our body grows until we hit 35. Then it levels off, and then yin starts going down. So yin makes yang, yang makes yin. That's that yin-yang symbol, you know, the, the two swirly things with a white dot in the black area and a black dot in the white area. You've seen that. Yeah. So yin makes yang, yang makes yin. So that's 35. The yin starts going down. And then somewhere between around 40 and 55, the yin goes down enough so that there's enough of an imbalance between yin and yang that your hormones start to change. And as the hormones change, you start to go through perimenopause and then menopause. And then if it doesn't balance out soon enough, you start having the hot flashes. Not everyone has hot flashes. It depends on your diet, your lifestyle. If you're taking any kind of hormones, some herbs and some foods create more of the hormone in the body. Depends on whether or not you're overweight because fat cells actually make estrogen. So it can balance it out if you're a little overweight, which is why a lot of women going through menopause gain weight because they need more estrogen and their uterus is no longer making it. So as the yin continues to go down as we age, we have less yang. So the yang starts coming down as well. That's why as we age, the body doesn't repair itself as well. We start showing our aging symptoms like gray hair and different things as the yin and yang continue to go down. And eventually the body can no longer make yin and yang. And that's when 
we no longer maintain homeostasis. It's good to know what kind of activities in and what kind of activities yang so that you balance your wife so that you create more probably inactivity, more relaxation or more yang activity just to find this balance to be able to exactly to manage the symptoms and manage the hormone. So do you think that you need more relaxation, more this, what you're talking about is meditation, mindfulness, breathing, slow movement to relax a little bit more? We need to keep it in balance. And if you over-exercise as you get older, your body doesn't recover. So that's why a lot of older people, they'll take a nap in the afternoon. That's not uncommon and that's healthy so that you can keep going. So you need to balance out what kind of energies are you doing. Now, I know we read about 90 years old out there running a marathon. Well, if your body is up to that and you can do it, that's fine. But most of us are not going to run a marathon at age 90. Now, I have a lot of 90-year-old patients. None of them run the marathon. (laughs) So while there are women out there in their 90s doing such things, I saw a woman recently in her 90s, she was on these double bars. It's a pretty rigorous, flexible exercise. I couldn't have done that as a kid. You know, I have a friend who's 10 years older than me. She can squat and bend over. She says, I don't know too many people in my classes that can do that. And I said, well, that's because most people can't do that even when they were kids. So some people have very, very flexible bodies. You have to know your body. My body is Actually, people are amazed at how flexible I am. I'm much more flexible than some people, but I've never been able to do a backbend. I've never been able to do a cartwheel, even as a kid, as a baton twirler. So you have to know your body. You have to know your limitations. And as you age, you're just not going to have as much energy. And you have to slow down. It doesn't mean you stop, but you just have to say, oh, okay, I'm starting to fatigue. I need to stop now so I don't hurt myself. Because it's easier to hurt yourself when you get older. It's easier to fall. Your knees become weaker. Your back becomes weaker. And you just have to know you're not going to go around, you know, bench pressing, you know, 250 pounds or whatever. (laughs) Your body isn't just going to be able to take care of it anymore. So you just have to know your limits. It doesn't mean you stop exercising. It just means what exercise is good for you. Like, Based on my DNA, so I did a DNA test to see what kind of exercise is best for me. And walking, not running, and light weights. And I do really well with light weights. Some people do better if they're running. Okay, so you just have to know your body. What does it work best with? And keep it in moderation so that you're never overdoing it. And that's true at any age. Some people push themselves to the point where they hurt their body. That is not healthy at any age. But as you age, and it's around age 40 that you start to notice things are changing. It's at age 40 when people start to need reading glasses. And it's around age 70 that people start needing hearing aids because the body just can't repair itself. And it repairs itself in sleep. And this is why insomnia is so bad for you. You need to be able to sleep. And if you only can sleep so many hours at night, then you need to start taking naps during the day and just put it in your schedule. Two o'clock, I'm going to take a one-hour nap. Now, one of the things I tell people is 20 minutes of meditation is worth two hours of sleep. So if you don't have an hour to sleep at two o'clock, 
do a meditation from 2 to 2.30. Meditate from 2 to 2.20 and then use the 10 minutes to come back because you shouldn't just come back and jump up. You need to come back slowly and, and come back into the room. So use a half-hour meditation if you don't have time to sleep. So I will frequently do that in my office chair because it has this high back. And I'll just go like this, go into my meditation and get myself a, a quick rest. <laughs> what I do also, what I do when I miss my hours of sleep, I just meditate to compensate. <laughs> actually better for you. <laughs> yes, actually, yeah, they repair all the cells and everything. It's in a deep level, yeah. I feel really restful after one hour and a half meditation or two hours meditation. It's really, really restful. Well, this is what I do if I have a problem. And this doesn't happen very often anymore. When I was younger, it happened more frequently. But sometimes you have an issue. It's a, a conflict or you need to make a decision. I will set myself up, turn off all distractions, no phone, no whatever, and I will go into a deep meditation, and if it takes five hours, it takes five hours. I will just meditate until that issue is resolved. And I have solved a lot of issues that way. Sometimes I will use a shamanic journey. If you do shamanic journeys long enough, you no longer need to do the journey. You just go into a meditative state, and you're there. About 30 years ago, I had cancer, and I went, there is no way... I know chemo doesn't heal. It causes cancer. It causes it to metastasize. There's no way I'm going to do any intervention. I don't want surgery. So I went into a shamanic journey begging for help. Keep in mind, that's just a style of meditation. And I passed out during the journey. It was the middle of the afternoon. The sun was out. When I came to, <laughs> it was dark out. And of course, I didn't have any lights on. So on the floor, I used to, I used to do my journeys on the floor of the bedroom. I'm looking around, the lights are on. <laughs> so I found the light switch, turned them on. The first thing I realized was all the pain was gone. And I had this mark on my chest. It was pink. And after this journey, it was orange. So when I went back to the doctor, he said, I don't understand it, but your cancer is going away. Wow. That's a really amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Tell me about this. I know that there is a five element in Chinese medicine and Ayurveda also, and how these five elements actually help with the transition period in woman's life. Well, in Chinese medicine, we learn to look at people's features. And so you have wood, fire, earth, metal, and water are the five elements in Chinese medicine. And people actually have features. So you can look at someone and go, oh, their physical body is like I'm an earth sign. I've got a square hand and kind of an oval face. So you can look at me and say, oh, she is an earth. And what do earth control? It controls spleen and stomach. What are the health issues that I started having when I was young? Digestive issues, which is spleen stomach. So when you know someone's physical element, now we have all five elements, and you might be one element mentally, one spiritually, one in other ways. You have all five in a mix. So the first thing that's going to break is your physical one, typically. So if you know that about someone, you can diagnose them. So you can look at someone and say, ah, wood, spleen, stomach, aha, uh -huh. okay, she fatigues easily, she's got to have digestive issues, yeah, 21, I had a duodenal ulcer, <laughs> you know? so 
<laughs> you can just know these things about people. So if you know what your element is, now you know what you need to nurture. So like I had one lady not believe me. She says, I don't believe that. And I said, well, you're a metal element and that's lungs and large intestine. She says, no, I had celiac disease and pleurisy. Well, guess what? Celiac is the beginning of the large intestine, and pleurisy is the membrane around your lungs. That's it. That's not one case. So knowing those five elements, now in Ayurvedic medicine, they have the three doshas. So they say, well, if there's three doshas, how do they play in? Well, the three doshas are based on the Vedic literature. So when you go into the Vedic literature, they don't have wood, they have aether, and they have fire and earth, but they don't have metal, they have air, and they have water. Well, metal is the lungs, which is air. Wood is aether. So they do have those five elements. And then when you go deeper into the three doshas, each dosha has two elements. So pitta, there's pitta vada kapha. So pitta is fire and water. And kapha is earth and water. So they share the water. And then vada is air or the metal element and aether or the wood element. So even Ayurvedic medicine uses the five elements. They just have a different name. And I was able to even extrapolate that to human design. For those people that are familiar with human design, each of the five human designs is one of those elements. And of course, the generator and the manifesting generator are both earth, but the manifesting generator also has air or metal. And now they've found a fifth element even for astrology. So everything we look at has those five elements. And like in astrology, you have your sun, your moon, your rising, and then you have your other inner planets that affect you. And it's the same with the five elements. What are they? How do they affect you? And when you understand that, you understand how to get yourself healthy mentally, emotionally. And when you know that, then you know what you need as you transition. Because as you transition in life, like when you're going through menopause, that's your last big transition as a woman. Now you know what you need to work on as you understand those elements. And as the energy of that element begins to go down, how do you nourish it? And of course, you're going to nourish it with food, your diet, with certain exercises, maybe certain types of yogas, or with hormones. Again, you don't have to take hormones. You can manifest them through your meditation. <laughs> That's correct. So it's a, it's a science. It's a science, but people who are interested, there's a lot of literature out there. They can find interesting information about themselves, learn more about their elements and how that can help with the healing process. So you have this healing academy, right? How you help with that? What you teach there? It's a dance wear enlightenment academy. And I have both an app and a website coming soon. And a lot of classes are free. And there's holistic living, holistic diet. I don't have a lot out there on herbs and stuff like that because that's under my Dancing Bear Healing Center. But it's just a lot of classes. And eventually I'll have a lot of very inexpensive, just a few dollars classes. And then, of course, I have my meditation program. 
And then I have a master program where I teach people the five elements and how to know who they are and what they are and what they need to do to nourish those elements. If there's one thing that the woman can start doing today to help themselves with this transition period, what you can suggest? Well, obviously meditation. Through meditation, if you ask, okay, I'm going to meditate, you set up an intention and you say, today's meditation, I want to know what I need to do most to mitigate symptoms and make this process as easy as possible. And then just listen. And if you don't get anything, then you say, okay, show me in my dreams. Don't remember your dreams. You'll just notice someone will walk up to you and say something Or you'll be on the internet and something will pop up and it'll be just what you need. So the universe answers your question. You just have to look for the answer. And if you didn't get it in the meditation or in the dream, it's going to show up. Sometimes I'll ask a question and I'll go to YouTube and I'll just keep screening, down screening, and all of a sudden something will pop up and it's someone giving a lecture that answers my question. So it used to be when I walked into bookstores, the book would fall off the shelf and open to a page. And right there on that page would be the answer to my question. We don't have a lot of bookstores anymore. Yeah, this is a smart way to find the answer. So what is the easiest way to people to reach out to you, connect with you? Well, the easiest thing to do is to get my free gift. So I actually wrote a special gift on menopause. If you go to drdrbeverlylawrence.com forward slash menopause gift. So it's drbeverlylawrence.com forward slash menopause gift. And it talks a little about some essential oils and some Bach flower essences that you can also use to help with your symptoms. Wonderful. Thank you so much to share your knowledge and wisdom with us today. Thank you for listeners to be with us. Every Friday you release a new episode. Thank you so much, Beverly. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for tuning into Menopause Made Easy. You can check out more episodes on Apple, Spotify, eHeartRadio, and your favorite podcast apps. Check out the show notes for any website linked to this episode, including where to connect with me on social media. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you'll be updated of each episode release. And visit me at menopausesupportacademy.com for all podcast updates as well. Appreciate you dropping by.